0: Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com.
1: The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
2: I'm Ashley Varner, guest host and senior director of program at the Cancer Support Community. The wellness community and Gilda's Club have united to become the cancer support community, likely the largest provider of cancer support in the United States and around the world. Our services are offered at over 100 locations worldwide and online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. On today's show, which is being brought to you in part by Mentor Worldwide, Amgen and Genentech, we'll be talking about breast reconstruction and the decisions that women face when diagnosed with breast cancer. There are over 2.5 million breast cancer survivors in the United States today, with 200,000 new diagnoses every year. This leaves an incredible amount of women facing difficult decisions regarding their breasts, and whether or not breast reconstruction is the right option for them. The decision to have breast reconstruction also leads women to further questions and choices, often leaving them confused and anxious. Today we'll explore the topic of breast reconstruction and work to dispel myths and misunderstandings, as well as discuss the many options women have when diagnosed with this disease. The cancer support community is proud to announce a new addition to our Frankly Speaking About Cancer educational series, a spotlight piece on breast reconstruction. This show is airing just days before the program launch on January 30th at our Wellness Community in Valley Ventura, Wellness Community Valley Ventura affiliate in Westlake Village, California. The event will launch Frankly Speaking About Cancer Spotlight on Breast Reconstruction, which includes patient education workshops, online content, and a free educational booklet. The booklet will be available to order and download online free of charge, and breast reconstruction workshops will be offered at our local cancer support community affiliates across the United States. To develop this program, the cancer support community conducted a nationwide survey of 840 women with breast cancer to learn more about their decision-making process around reconstruction. Survey findings, expert leadership from partner organizations, as well as guidance from medical, surgical, psychosocial, and oncology experts have helped to create this important new program. Our survey found that a striking 43% of women eligible for breast reconstruction didn't receive information about reconstruction options when making their treatment decisions at diagnosis. Here at the cancer support community, we believe women need to know they have options and understand what's best for them. We want to empower them with knowledge and offer advice on how to become engaged with their doctors and medical team. Today, we'll be talking with three individuals who bring both professional knowledge and personal experience to the discussion of breast reconstruction. They'll offer insight into the challenges women face when making the decision and the physical and emotional changes they incur regardless of their decision. First, we have Dr. Susan Downey, who is the chief of plastic surgery at the Kenneth Norris Cancer Center at the University of Southern California for 16 years and has now been in private practice for the past five years. Since 2001, she has been listed in the Best Doctors of America and has a special interest in breast reconstruction. Dr. Downey was also an editor for our Frankly Speaking About Cancer Breast Reconstruction book. Thank you for being here, Dr. Downey. You're welcome. We're also here with Marty Nason. Marty is a clinical nurse in psychiatry and mental health with a specialty in patients with acute and chronic illness. She is the co-founder of the wellness community Valley Ventura, and affiliate of the cancer support community, and currently serves as their vice president of programs. Great to have you with us, Marty. Thank you. Also with us today is Liz Stunts. She is an eight-year breast cancer survivor and a psychiatric social worker with a special focus on meditation and psychodynamic psychotherapy. Liz is also a founding board member and currently chairs the program committee for Gilda's Club Westchester, another great affiliate of the cancer support community. Liz, thanks so much for joining us.
3: My pleasure to be here.
2: We've got a lot to cover on today's show, so we're going to jump right in. Dr. Downey, for our listeners, can you first give us just a brief introduction uh, into what breast reconstruction is?
3: Breast reconstruction is the process that uh, patients go through after cancer treatment, particularly after a mastectomy, to rebuild the breast and to create a breast that's uh, similar in size and shape to the opposite breast. It can involve either using patient's own tissue or um, using breast implants.
2: Okay, that's that's very helpful. And and uh, Liz, I understand that you're a breast cancer survivor. Can you tell us about
3: your experience? Um, sure. Um, I um, lost my mother to ovarian cancer. Um, so I spent as a young woman. I was a young woman. She was too. Um, so I spent a lot of years kind of waiting for something to happen. Um, and as a social worker myself, and a Family, uh, and a family member who had lost someone to cancer, I became part of the founding board of Gildas Club Westchester. Um, what that meant for me is that when I was diagnosed, I had lots of support and people to turn to to ask where and how to go. Um, I was lucky enough to have my radiologist who found my lump um, recommend a surgeon and send me right from the radiologist's office. Uh, to a surgeon who reviewed what my treatment options were. Uh, I was able to talk to other survivors and review what questions to ask. I also knew the effect of cancer on the whole family as I had lived through it with my mother. Uh, So my husband came with me to all the consultations and took uh, good notes. Having lived with the fear of losing my mother, um, I was pretty unambivalent in going forward about wanting to be as aggressive with treatment options as possible. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. I think you're, you 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 make several really important points there, Liz. The, the 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 helpfulness of having somebody, a family member or somebody else that you feel really comfortable with, with you at doctor's appointments, um, and and incorporating into into the decision-making process your own experience and and knowing that that's that's going to be individual for each person. Thank you for for sharing your experience with us. Marty, why is it an important topic for the cancer support community to address this whole this whole issue of breast reconstruction?
4: Well, many of our listeners today may be feeling terrified, overcome with fear, overwhelmed with information and decisions that need to be made, and they may be feeling helpless and hopeless. And my hope today is to replace these feelings with um, empowerment and a sense of control through knowledge. With knowledge, they can make choices that are right for them based upon accurate information. But there's a lot of complex information that they need to consider when thinking about breast cancer treatment, involving medical aspects, feelings about themselves, self-confidence, sexuality, sensuality, feelings about being a woman, as well as aesthetic considerations. So this is a, a lot to sort through and can be quite overwhelming. So I want them to know that there's time to gather information and then make a thoughtful decision and make choices that are right for them based upon accurate information and self-awareness, knowledge of themselves, their values, the value of having a reconstructed breast. So I know that knowledge can reduce fear of the unknown and anxiety.
2: I think that's a really important point, Marty, that, that knowledge really can reduce fear, fear and anxiety and, and, uh, and that that's what this piece is really about, is, is about empowerment with knowledge. Dr. Downey, can you tell us a, how much of a role should reconstruction, breast reconstruction play in the treatment decision-making uh, for a patient? Is it something they need to address early in their diagnosis?
3: Well, I think Marty addressed a lot of points how patients are fearful when they get the diagnosis or when they have, um, like Liz talked about, a very significant family history and they're concerned about um, what their options are as they go forward. I think the more information a patient has, the better informed they can be and the better they can make the decision. I think it's very important for any woman who's um, considering a mastectomy to have um, in information from a plastic surgeon regarding the options for reconstruction doesn't mean she's committed to going forward with the reconstruction at that time. She may opt not to do reconstruction or to do it at a later time. But I think it helps her make the decision that's best for her if she has the information. I also think for patients who are given the choice, and it's one thing that's very difficult about breast reconstruction is that we're given often give the patient the choice to make the decision whether they will have a lumpectomy or a mastectomy, and the patient has to make their own decision. I think if they have the information regarding reconstruction um, so they know what would happen after a mastectomy and what their options are, it makes it easier for them to make the decision. So I think any woman who's um, considering breast cancer treatment, it's helpful to have a plastic surgeon consult um, and just know what all their options are and so they can make the best decision that would fit their lifestyle, their cancer, their risk, and their own comfort level with their treatment.
2: that 's very that 's very, very helpful Liz, why is this a crucial decision for breast cancer patients
3: um, it 's a crucial decision because you want to decide um, about your treatment and how and when to do it. I think when I was first diagnosed, my mantra was, "Let me not get ahead of myself." Um, I was diagnosed with an early stage cancer, um, so the question of do I need a mastectomy or am I going to die? And being too overwhelmed by too much material, as Marty alluded to, was very much part of the issue
4: because Mm
3: -hmm. for me it was an early-stage cancer. I elected to do and was recommended to do a lumpectomy and start my chemo right away, and the decision about a mastectomy then got evaluated um, in light of my family history. And as we evaluated that decision, I went ahead and had my chemo. Um, But the balance about being overwhelmed by so many decisions um, did right away, did not really affect my treatment reconstruction or not. And it was better for me to do one step at a time and then move ahead.
2: Mm hmm um, well, I think that I, what I'm hearing again and again, in this in this in this first part of our show, is the importance of of being able to take a deep breath when you when you when you receive a cancer diagnosis, and 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 not get sucked into rushing forward to to make decisions, but to really take some time to gather information and make the the best decision for you based on all of the information and knowledge that that you have in front of you. Uh, This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We'll be right back with more about the decision-making process after the break.
0: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America
1: Health & Wellness. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing how to handle coworkers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Seventh Wave
0: Network. Opinions, Options, Answers. Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community.
2: Today we're talking about breast reconstruction and specifically the physical and emotional issues women who are diagnosed with breast cancer face. In this segment, we'll talk about the decision-making process and the steps many women go through in determining what's right for them. Today we're here with plastic surgeon, Dr. Susan Downey, who specializes in breast reconstruction, Marty Nason, who is the vice president of programs for our cancer support community affiliate, the Wellness Community Valley Ventura, and Liz Stuntz, who is the chair of the program committee at our Gilda's Club Westchester affiliate and an eight-year breast cancer survivor. Marty, we know that not all women choose to have reconstruction but can you tell us the emotional issues women with breast cancer face when making a decision about breast reconstruction?
4: Well, reconstruction generally means multiple surgeries with possibilities of infections and other complications. Also, the breast does not look exactly like a normal breast, and some women feel getting through treatment is enough, as we talked about a little bit earlier, so the idea of more surgeries seems overwhelming. Um, later, they may feel open to considering reconstruction. Okay, that's really helpful. and um, dr downey for for
2: those who choose reconstruction, what different options do breast cancer patients have?
3: Well, there's a lot of options, um, and I think it's important that the patients understand all the options so they know when they do research on the Internet or they're talking to their other friends who've gone through this sort of treatment why those options may or may not be a good one for them. The um, breast reconstruction can be divided into a couple of categories. One, it can be done immediately, which means at the same time as the mastectomy, or it can be done delayed, which is a time after the mastectomy, which can be any time, years even after the mastectomy. It doesn't have to be done um, within a certain time frame um, right after the reconstruction. There's also two types of uh, breast reconstruction, either breast reconstruction done using your own tissue or breast reconstruction using tissue expanders, which are basically implants which are um, filled to allow the body to grow new skin, to replace the skin that was taken away during the mastectomy, and then have a permanent implant placed into the breast area to create the mound or the uh, size and shape of the breast that you wish. there is another type where sometimes some of your own tissue is combined with an implant, but um, principally people can divide them into either using your own tissue or using the tissue expander and the implant to, for the reconstruction. Some patients may be a better candidate for one or the other. Um, people that have had radiation may not be a great candidate for um, using their own skin and may need to have tissue brought from another part of the body. Um, Patients who are smokers or have had multiple other surgical um, procedures on their abdomen or other parts of their body or have a lot of other health issues may not be a good candidate to use their own skin and fat to rebuild the breast. So it's important, though, that the patient sit down, and I would expect it to be a pretty long consultation with a plastic surgeon um, to go through what their health history is and figure out what the best reconstructive option for them is.
2: I think that's a really important point, that, that consultation with with a, a plastic surgeon um, is really helpful to have early and in, in, reasonably early in the process, regardless of what the, the ultimate decision is, just to have that information to be able, again, as we said, to take that deep breath and, and, and gather the information in a way that's not overwhelming, but in, which empowers the the woman to make the decision that's best for them?
3: Well, I think there's a lot of women now that have um, been given the choice and are deciding whether they're going to have a lumpectomy or a mastectomy, and I think it's helpful. I just saw a patient on Friday who was making that decision right now for herself, and she wanted to know what the implications of each choice would be. If she chose the lumpectomy, would that impact if she decided at a later time to have a mastectomy? Um, and would that impact the reconstruction? And I think those are important things for a patient to know and to be able to weigh in their decision-making process.
2: And are there, uh, you, 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 you alluded to this, Dr. Downey, but are there risks involved with the different choices?
3: There are. Um, any surgery, of course, has risks. And um, it does depend on the patient's health at the time of surgery. It does depend on what other treatments they're undergoing. Uh, radiation Um, does make tissues a little harder to work with. So patients that have had a history of radiation may have more difficulty with wound healing after surgery. Um, So that's one really important factor for a plastic surgeon to know when they're talking about the different options and for a patient to consider. There are um, loss of the, when you move one of the muscles to transport skin and tissue up to the breast area and to make a new breast, there can be risks in the area of the donor site. Um, Usually the risks are relatively minor, although, of course, it's happened to you, it's major, but it's, it's scarring, um, loss of the muscle function in that area, there can be bulges in the abdomen when a muscle is taken from that area. The implants, um, if used for reconstruction, can, may have to be replaced sometime during your lifetime, so there may be another surgical procedure down the road. This is uh, something that's very important for everybody to sort out and go through all the different options and see which option seems to fit their lifestyle, their health, their situation at the time they're in, and make the best decision for them.
2: Thank you, Dr. Downey. And We've talked a little bit about about, um, the reality and and what the facts are. There are also a lot of myths out there involving breast reconstruction. Are you able to address these
3: and clear up some of these misconceptions? Yes. Um, A lot of patients are very concerned, especially in the current economic situation, that they won't be covered by their insurance for reconstruction. However, there is a federal law mandating that insurance companies cover breast reconstruction, and it doesn't matter when your cancer was diagnosed. If you had a mastectomy 15 years ago, you can still have breast reconstruction today. And the federal law also covers the opposite breast. So for example, if you have a very large opposite breast, then federal law will cover, has the insurance company cover a reduction on the other side. It'll also cover a lift on the opposite side, so just, which in a lot of cases people think it's considered a cosmetic operation for a breast cancer survivor. It's not, because the breasts are supposed to be a reasonable match in size and shape. So you can have augmentation of the opposite breast, you can have a lift, and you can, you know, if you need a revision, the implant needs to be changed, it's broken, you're covered farther on down the road. This law has been, in effect since Bill Clinton actually signed it into effect. Um, patients are also concerned that reconstruction may hinder diagnosis if there's a recurrence. And there's been studies done showing that breast reconstruction does not delay the diagnosis of a recurrence and does not accelerate any risk of a recurrence of the cancer.
2: That's really helpful. And I think the insurance information is, is particularly important in, in this day and age. Um, Liz and Marty, what are some of the concerns women have about their future when making this decision about breast reconstruction? Um, Liz, do you want to start?
3: Sure. Um, The the concerns um, particularly are about some of the not the same feeling and sensation to the breast and minimizing some of the sexual enjoyment from the breast. Um, I'm actually part of an ongoing study in New York at Memorial Sloan Kettering on the impact of someone's life um, and of their personal life and their sexual life um, about those issues. Um, On the positive side for me, um, my mastectomy gave me the opportunity to have a breast reduction, which was something that I needed and wanted. Um, So... Um, that was a real positive piece. Um, also, uh, for me, and I've heard from many women, sometimes you don't—you're not completely told some of the impacts um, of the surgeries. I had a surgery where muscles were moved. They actually used the muscles in my back and use the latissimus dorsi muscles. Um, that was—it's not as common a reconstruction option. And no one told me in advance the extent of limitation on my arm. Uh, Actually, post-surgically, I could not even lift my arm to my ear to put in my own earring. And while my surgeon was great in telling me surgical options and the various kinds of implants and how they would feel, um, no one told me post-surgical kinds of things. nor was PT recommended, which I found on my own and which was hugely important and successful, uh, and I have absolutely, absolutely full range of motion.
2: That's, it, it's wonderful that you found that on your own, Liz, and it also speaks to how important it is for, for women to to ask questions and to know what the, what the questions are that they can ask. I think that's one of the things that our new spotlight piece actually provides is a list of questions. Marty, what are your thoughts about some of the concerns that women have about their future when making this decision? You, you work with lots and lots of women who are going through this
4: process. Well, I think... Um, the women I've talked to, many of them have said initially um, they were thinking about aesthetics and uh, perhaps getting um, breasts that they um, were more perfect than what they had before or smaller size or larger size or whatever. But um, as they did they, their research, they um, became aware of the fact or, or became aware of thinking that if they had bilateral mastectomies, they perhaps would not have to take um, drugs for five years afterwards and suffer with the side effects of those, like tamoxifen, etc. And also that they would um, actually increase this, increase the possibility of not having a recurrence because both the breasts would be gone. So they saw it as an opportunity to increase their chances of survival in in the long run.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, they talked about it involving short-term discomfort, but in the long run, it being worth it. Um, one woman used the Susie Welch's 10-10-10 rule to make her decision, and um, that is, how are you going to feel about your decision in 10 days, 10 months, and 10 years? So in 10 days, she would be in the midst of it, experiencing discomfort and dealing with drains, etc. In 10 months, it would be behind her, and in 10 years, she hopes that she would be free of evidence of disease, living a full and active life. So that's uh, kind of an interesting uh, approach to use in making the decision. The 10, 10, 10.
2: Yeah, I can imagine that that would work for, for for a lot of women, just in terms of thinking about the, you know, immediate term, short term, and long term effects. We will be, we will come back with more, frankly speaking, about cancer breast reconstruction right after the break
0: opinions options answers voice america health and wellness
4: cancer it's a lonely word terms i don't understand choices i never thought i'd have to make but there is hope and help
0: support from cancer survivors Links to research and clinical trials.
4: Help with finances and access to care. All behind you break Breakaway from Cancer, created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer.
1: Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle coworkers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope.
0: A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community.
2: Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, which is brought to you in part by Morphitech and Bayer Onyx. I'm your guest host today, Ashley Varner, and we're here with plastic surgeon Dr. Susan Downey, eight-year breast cancer survivor Liz Stuntz, and Marty Nason, Vice President of Programs at our Cancer Support Community Affiliate, the Wellness Community, Valley Ventura. We've been talking about breast reconstruction and the social, emotional, and physical decisions women face with their breast cancer diagnoses. In this segment, we'll discuss things breast cancer patients should consider before and after breast reconstruction, as well as questions that they might want to ask their doctor. For many, the loss of a breast changes the way a woman views her body. Marty, can you elaborate on this?
4: Sure. The change in body image or how the way a woman views her body can be quite profound. Even with reconstruction, she may feel not feel good about her body and not want to show her body to her husband or partner. But it's a very individual thing. It varies from woman to woman. So for other women, it may not be so important such as For a single or younger woman. But talking to someone who understands, such as another breast cancer survivor, can be really important. Um, And talking about it in a support group, journaling your thoughts and feelings, using art to express your feelings and sense of loss are all helpful ways to come to terms with the changes in your body. With time... Um, the woman may form a new self-image, or not may, will form a new self-image that incorporates this change, realizing that she is more than her breast and come to accept her new self.
2: I think that's really key, Marty. And and in the the book that, that, that will be available as of January 30th, we talk a lot about the new normal. And um, and that whole sense of body image and that whole sense of self that um, is really shaken up and and um, and then and, and rebuilt in a way, uh, often in, in to be a much stronger or a much um, more profound sense of self than than before cancer. Um, I wonder. You said, Marty. You you mentioned how important it is to talk with other breast cancer survivors and. And, um, and clearly, um, we, we know that from experience. I wonder if, if you also recommend having discussions about body image and, and concerns about that with the healthcare team.
4: Well, absolutely. That's a very um, important and helpful thing to do.
2: Dr. Downey, we know that the health insurance industry can be really difficult to navigate. Do you have, you mentioned a little bit about the federal laws for patients considering reconstruction. Do you have advice for dealing with insurance agencies?
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, We have actually sent several times to insurance companies the federal law. Actually, if you just Google the federal law mandating breast reconstruction, you'll find a number of sites, um, including PlasticSurgery.org, which is the main plastic surgery site for the American Society of Plastic Surgeon, Plastic and Reconstructive Surgeons, where you can download load the uh, law. Um, and it recovers everything from the breast reconstruction on the side with the mastectomy or both sides, and also if you d- only do it on one side, the, any cosmetic sort of operation to make the other breast um, enlarge it, uh, aug- um, lift it or reduce it. Mm-hmm. And I do think, you know, patients can embrace this in different ways. A lot of times it's a chance for patients to have bigger breasts than they always wanted. I have a patient right now who's going to have the augment that she always wanted. Um, her reconstructive side we're making a little larger, and then the opposite side's going to have an implant placed. Um, other patients who have had the lift that they've you know wanted since the birth of their children or something like that, and it can be a very positive thing for them embracing it. And some patients who have the uh, flap surgery have now you know have a flatter tummy than they ever had before in their lives. And so there's, there's positive ways to embrace it, even though your body image has changed. Um, I try to match up, and I think it's important that you can try to find patients that can talk to other patients who are going through it. I think it's helpful for patients all the way along. Patients that are a year out from their treatment will talk to patients that are only six months out. Patients that are six months out can talk to patients that are just in the middle of the process. And the patients that are farther out can see how far they've come. So if you are going through this process, you can ask your oncologist, your plastic surgeon, your breast surgeon, for other patients that are similar to you, that are similar circumstances, and they can help you a lot with different things um, in the reconstructive it, at healing at home, at things that I may not realize are tricks they have for getting through the whole process. And I, I do think that's helpful for patients on all different levels of the reconstruction.
2: Oh, I think that's a, a really, really important point, Dr. Downey. That it's that it's important all the way along, not just necessarily at the beginning where it's very, very helpful, but but throughout the process. Because certainly, I think we've many of us have heard from from many women that that um, w- when you're in the middle of the process or maybe just after it's finished, can be can be some of the most challenging times of knowing what to expect next and. and and where to go from from here. Lots of
3: patients will have little tricks they can tell the patients that make it easier for the reconstruction. But I think the patients that are farther out really get a lot out of it because they realize how far they've come. And I think it's good for everybody involved.
2: Yeah, So when all the way around. Liz, as a psychotherapist and as someone who's had breast reconstruction, what advice do you have for others who are preparing for or
3: just had the surgery? There are lots of options, and I always recommend that um, a patient gets lots of opinion. Um, As I mentioned before, it's always useful to get another set of ears. Uh, When you're hearing the information, one can get very overwhelmed by a flood of information, so a second set of ears uh, can always help. Uh, It's important for patients to know that there are no stupid questions. Uh, uh, Always important to ask how things will be later, Um, it's okay to ask the doctor how many times they've done the particular procedure. Um, But once a patient has listened and heard the advice from other people, it's important for the patient to listen to their own wise mind. Everyone's going to have an opinion about what and how they should do it, and after they've heard all the information, it's important to listen to their own mind. Um, Also, post-surgery, Surgically on a concrete level, I would say button-down shirts are a really helpful uh, thing to have um, for that, and for a patient to take control of their own mind and body, that there are all kinds of wonderful programs, um, meditation, relaxation, swimming, yoga, so that a patient doesn't feel as helpless and can regain a sense of control over our lives and our bodies.
2: That's really helpful, Liz. I, I love our own wise mind. Um, uh, the, the, that phrase is, is wonderful. For our listeners, can you, can you say more about the practical need for our button-down shirts? Uh, for
3: me? Yeah. Um, it's uh, post-surgically. Um, you don't always have a lot of uh, maneuver room. Uh, and for me, I actually came out of the hospital with six drains hanging from me like a Christmas tree, so uh, I had to wear my husband's button-down shirts for some time afterwards, uh, and it was just an easier way to move all around.
2: Okay. That's helpful. Thank you. Dr. Downey, can you talk to us about the decision some women make to have a prophylactic mastectomy?
3: Yes, um, and I think this is a very difficult decision. Um, most women who have a significant history of breast cancer will be um, you know, seeing someone and being counseled as to their own risk and being tested perhaps for the uh, BRCA gene or another genes that may be contributing to their risk factors. It is, however, I think a very difficult decision because you're at that point taking off what are healthy breasts, just worried that at some point in the future they will get um, cancerous. And they tend to be younger patients. um, And, you know, it can impact also uh, future with um, childbearing, you know, breastfeeding, and that sort of thing. Um, so it is a, a lot more difficult decision. However, um, a lot of patients who have seen family members suffer with a cancer treatment are very relieved by this whole process and um, just feel like a weight's taken off their shoulders. They don't feel like they have a time bomb ticking. So I think this is some patient who needs to really plan when they're going to do this um, based on what else is going on in their life, particularly with, you know, children or whatever, Um, and also just, you know, sort of look at it as something that, you know, is just something positive they're doing to make their future less difficult. Um, And usually those patients are very happy after the surgery, and they just, you know, feel like a relief that this worry has been taken away from them.
2: So, again, it's, it's, we come back to that, that something we've, we've hit upon several times during this show, that it's really a decision that's individual to each person and that, 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 that we need to gather all the information that we can and then, as Liz said earlier, listen to our own wise mind. Marty and Liz, as representatives from local affiliates, uh, could each of you just take a minute and say what services are available that you feel could really benefit a woman who's considering breast reconstruction or had the surgery? Marty, do you sure.
4: want to go first? Sure. Whether you're at Gilda's Club or the wellness community, being part of a community of people who understand is really important. Um, besides that, there's specific programs such as relaxation, stress reduction, support groups, library, um, etc. Et cetera. Um, there's things like Qigong yoga courses, such as mindfulness-based stress reduction, and finding strength together. Uh, Finding Strengths Together is a course for couples facing breast cancer that teaches a problem-solving method called COPE and also enhances couple communication. And we found found that to be extremely helpful. Also, there's a buddy book that provides you with stories of women who have gone through breast cancer who are volunteering to um, help newly diagnosed um, individuals, and that has proven to be extremely helpful.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Marty. That's a, that's a whole list. Liz, do you have anything to add?
3: Um, yeah, the other programs that I would say are programs about healthy eating. Um, a, all the programs for children of people who are going through this, whether they be Noogie Land or Kids Support Programs, um, it was very helpful for me when I was diagnosed to have what's called a family focus. Where the whole family sits down together. My children were assorted ages—one very young, and some in college. Um, so to talk to them uh, and get some help about talking to my own children um, about it, um, and some of the newer programs uh, about, open, including Open to Options, which helps the patient clarify their decision making. Um, is a very useful program. And some of the newer post-treatment programs um, where people, after their treatment, can also have the support when they're not regularly having the medical community and the monitoring, it can feel like a scary loss. And what kinds of things people can do, um, like Marty mentioned, all those wonderful programs and supports post-treatment.
2: Okay. That's very, very helpful. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer, and we'll be right back with much more after the break
0: opinions options answers voice america health and wellness
1: effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery for the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing how to handle co-workers questions how to get comfortable with new physical realities how to reassure worried family members or explain to friends your priorities have changed Or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope.
0: Every weekend, take some time out of your schedule for new reflections featuring Dr. Adam Rubenstein. It's a show about all things aesthetic, from skin care to plastic surgery, health and beauty. You'll learn about the aesthetic products and procedures to embrace or avoid. Each show will feature live, virtual, interactive consultations that you'll be able to follow along with and featured guests from the world of beauty and aesthetics. Listen Saturdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, for new reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community.
2: Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We're speaking with Dr. Susan Downey, Marty Nason, and Liz Stuntz. As you've heard throughout this episode, breast reconstruction is a complicated and often emotional decision for women with breast cancer. Here in our final segment, we're addressing quality of life and recovery issues for women who have had breast reconstruction as we hear from our guests' both professional and personal experiences with the surgery. Dr. Downey, what are some of the short-term and long-term expectations for patients who opt for breast reconstruction?
3: Well, in the short-term, for patients that opt for immediate reconstruction, when they wake up from surgery, they won't have a totally flat chest. They'll already have either the tissue expander in with some volume in it or even the flap re- pre- procedure, which will have brought skin and tissue from, say, their abdomen up to the breast area, and they'll have some volume there already. So this can be a very positive thing, and it makes it easier to go through the uh, recovery when you already have something there and you're starting to rebuild the breast. Um, so that's in the short term. I think that's a very positive part of the, uh, doing this immediate reconstruction. In the long term, our goal as plastic surgeons is to try to um, make, have allow patients to wear their normal clothing, get back into what they want to wear, and worry about the normal things we worry about when we put on clothing, um, not about whether some scars are showing or that they, you know, they're missing. When they lean over, you can see down the blouse that something's missing on that side. So our long-term goal is that the patients can get back to wearing normal clothing as much as possible, um, and I think you know that should be our goal. Uh, ideal is that. Uh, You know, you can wear whatever you want and not have somebody realize that you've had the breast cancer treatment and hopefully put that part of it behind you. I think it is important for the psychological recovery to, you know, for a patient to get back wearing their normal clothing as soon as we can get them back to that point.
2: I think that uh, it's really interesting to to think about how clothing does change, how a clothing fit, how how a clothing fits does change, um, if you don't have breast reconstruction, and um, and even if you do, at least for for a short period of time, we know that breast reconstruction can often affect relationships and intimacy for for
4: women. Marty, what issues do women face in this area? Well, um, communication with one's partner is very important because often communication about sexuality and in an intimacy has become a taboo topic. So the woman may not feel good about her new breasts. They no longer are an ero- erogenous zone for her because there's little or no sensation. The nipple is generally the finishing touch, so it's not present. There are scars. So sometimes the woman given all this, does not want her husband to see her naked. So it's really important that they talk. Also, um, treatment can cause physical changes, such as premature sudden menopause, painful intercourse, and fatigue. So all these are challenges that um, hopefully the couple can uh, talk together about and also talk with other women about who've been through it and with their health care team to um, make the transition to feeling um, better about their sensuality and their sexuality. Thank you, Marty. And Liz,
2: um, I, I know you're married and you mentioned earlier that you took your husband to all of your, particularly your your. Um, appointments with your plastic surgeon, how did your husband react to your decision? And um, do you think that it's, do you feel comfortable talking to us about whether or not it's changed your relationship?
3: Um, I, I think, if anything, it's made our relationship stronger. Uh, when I was first diagnosed, he was not initially in the same place as I was about being as aggressive with treatment, both the chemo uh, and the question of the mastectomy. But once he heard all the information from the doctors about minimizing the risk, he was totally on board. Um, he was fearful for himself as well, and he, like other men, um, very much likes to be in control and wasn't as comfortable initially talking about his own fears. Uh, now he's somebody who talks to other men whose wives are going through this all the time. Um For him, being involved um, with my treatment um, was a very important thing, and eight years later I'm monitored constantly, and he makes it his business, his choice, to go to every appointment um, with me. Uh, In terms of our sexual life, the touch of my breast is not the same. Um, The sensation that way is not there, but we still very much have a strong and satisfying sexual relationship.
2: I think it's, it's your point, Liz, about how important it is, uh, not just for men, but for all of us to be in control, is really yeah, an important one. And yeah.
3: Marty. That's not um, just the men that <laughs> feel out of control.
2: <laughs> That's what the whole show was about. Yeah. right? Giving us information to help us feel empowered and, and more and, and, and less out of control. Marty, how can breast reconstruction patients deal with the feeling of loss and the changes to their physical appearance? Speaking of feeling out of control?
4: Well, I think the most important thing is to realize that it takes time and that it's a process that can't be rushed, even though everyone around you wants things to get back to normal. Um, staying in the present moment with the belief that you will find a new normal, um, talking to women who have gone before you about their new normal, giving yourself permission to grieve the old self. Um, even though you have had reconstruction, you've still lost the body part. Um, your breast or breasts, which have could have a profound psychological meaning in terms of motherhood and sexuality, et cetera. So you've been through a lot, and it takes time to come to terms with all that you've gone through, both physically and emotionally.
2: Thanks, Marty, and, and I, I think that's important. Sometimes there's some emotional catch-up when, um, when, uh, when all is said and done. We talk throughout the book about patients finding their... their um, what we call a quote-unquote new normal. Um, very briefly, what suggestions or insights do each of you have for breast cancer survivors who have had breast reconstruction? Dr. Downey, you want to start?
3: Well, I think that um, the, there will be a new normal, and I think it's important to realize even as you're going through all the cancer treatment um, whether it's a mastectomy, the chemotherapy, radiation, that things are going to change, but there will be a new normal when you come out of it. Um, we touched on before you know, dealing with uh, spouses or partners, um, you know, coping with the reconstruction. And one thing I found really helpful is when the patients are first in the office, is I show them pictures of reconstruction, and I show them pictures of patients who've had mastectomies so that the spouse or the partner has seen the pictures of somebody who's had it before they first see it on their spouse or partner. And I do think that helps some with the opening the conversation to talk about what the options are for them and how you know, dealing with the eventual outcome. Because I think it's helpful to have you know, been at least exposed to that. Um, and I do think the new normal in going uh, forward, and perhaps embracing some things that you may not have done before, that uh, may um, your yoga, Pilates, um, different sort of nutrition things that may help you actually feel better about yourself than you did actually beforehand, and also get you back to feeling strong again. And a lot of breast centers have um, resources for these sort of groups, so you don't feel like you're going in with people who are uh, much younger than yourself and very flexible, and you can go in and join a yoga class where people will understand what you've been through, and it can help you get back your feeling of strength and uh, get back to feeling normal.
2: That's that's very helpful. Liz, Marty, we're, we're just about out of time, but do each of you have one sentence about the new normal that you'd like to share with our listeners?
3: I do. Um, the, I want to say that the new normal is not always about loss, that um, the loss and the changes to physical appearance um, have, are, always, are often balanced by uh, a newer appreciation of life, how precious it is to be alive and to, jo- to enjoy it. And um, the cancer and going through this pr- process often teaches us not just about loss but about appreciation of life.
4: And I would add that also self-awareness has been developed and the person has um, a, a deep sense of their strength and resilience that perhaps they were not aware of before. And perhaps their values have changed where little things that might have bothered them in the past are are no longer an issue. And they pursue uh, passions that they may have set aside using cancer as a turning point in their lives. I think that's
2: a wonderful place to stop, and I just so appreciate all of you. I'd like to thank all of you for being here today to educate and inform our listeners on this very important topic. To learn more about Spotlight on Breast Reconstruction, including the workshops and educational material, please visit www.cancersupportcommunity.org, backslash breast reconstruction. The book will be available January 30th. We would also like to thank our advocacy partners, Bright Pink, FORCE, Living Beyond Breast Cancer, and the Young Survivor Coalition. And finally, if you or someone you know is affected by cancer, we encourage you to find a local cancer support community in your area or join one of our online communities, uh, our online support groups at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. Until next time, be well, do well, live well.